0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Die Civil, at her home in Bushy, Hertfordshire. Recorded by Henry Law on the 26th of May, 2021. Interviewed by Tim Warren, edited by Henry Law. So, when were you born? So I
1: think I was born the same year as you, Tim. I think I was 63. 1963. And sea froze. But see, I'm never going to admit to that. <laughs> now it's all recorded. Very good for
0: your age. So <laughs> when's your birthday?
1: So my birthday's July 19th. Yours is August, isn't it?
0: I'm August. So you're yep. probably a school year ahead of me. Um, or maybe not. You? Um, I don't know. I think I was the youngest. No, I was the youngest. So you're same school year. Ahead yeah. Of me. Yeah. Okay. So where were you born?
1: So I was actually born in Broccoli.
0: So you're a London lady.
1: But very soon after, my parents moved to a village called Down, which is in Kent.
0: What's your? I know your dad was a musical man, and so was your mum.
1: Yeah. So my mum and dad both played the French horn, and my dad was quite a famous horn player. What's your dad's name? Alan Civil. got any middle so names? back in the day, no. No, no just middleman. Alan Civil. Alan Civil. AC, back in the day, he, supply. Was, yeah. he was very um, famous for playing French horn.
0: Yeah. And on a Beatles track?
1: On a Beatles track. But he, that was actually, he was much more into classical music and he right. didn't really like pop music. He really looked on it as being poor relation. Okay. So our whole childhood was just surrounded with Classical music blaring out at top speed. So your mum and dad, what's your mum's name? Your mum's still alive. So my it? mum, yeah, so she's still alive and she was called Shirley Hopkins. She is called Shirley Hopkins. She is. She, well, Shirley Civil. Shirley, Civil. But Shirley Hopkins was her working name. And they, so they worked together in the BBC Symphony. And my mum also worked for the ballet and things like that. So they must have gone to music. So yeah, so mum, so my dad was from a real working class family in Northampton yeah. and he, all his family, all on that side of the family were all musical yeah. and they sort of had like a military, an army background. musician background oh, okay. so they all played like brass instruments yeah. um, but quite. all very well known in yeah. that area for being really musical Probably
0: very technically good
1: Well my dad was actually quite a sort of genius really because he had perfect pitch, yeah. could play anything um, so I think that held him in good stead, but he was, yeah, he was in the army
0: and then the... It so Was he in the army as an army musician? Part army of musician. Yeah. Would he have be been in the war? How old was he um, then? Um,
1: sure. so he was born in 30, no, 1929, I think he was born okay, in, yeah, so but I don't remember him being, No. I, I've never sort of heard any stories yeah. of him being in the war, but I know his whole life was about music, but he sort of... Yeah found fame in quite a sort of weird way because he worked up through the military whereas my mum went the traditional route
0: and went to music college so your mum not from northamptonshire
1: no so she is from bristol and sort of had a very privileged upbringing um, her father was a doctor and she went to sort of private school I mean, they had nothing in common, my mum and dad, whatsoever,
0: <laughs> apart from music. Music, yeah, but then that is, that's all it needs, isn't it? So if she's from Bristol, he's from Northampton, where did they, um, did they I meet think maybe see in London?
1: when they were working, yeah. I don't really know much about it, but um, they ended up living together. And I think her, my mum's family really frowned upon that. So, yeah. And then they had my brother and me, and they weren't married. And obviously that was shocking at the time. But then they got married in 1964, and that's when they moved to Down Village. And also I think my mum, she sort of had a very sort of cosseted upbringing because the fact she was around in the 60s, but she has no recollection of it. anything being cool around that time yeah. because her whole life was wrapped up in classical music.
0: Yeah, which I suppose is a, yeah, wasn't part of the cool sixties unless you're on the Beatles album. But then he would have been he he probably yeah. it was a riff raffy piece around. Well
1: like the shit. funny thing about that was <laughs> so yeah, So the the um, Paul McCartney had approached my dad to do this, like, oh I think he probably did <laughs> but no he approached him to do a um, to play the horn on the track so he's on this track called for no one and when they went to the recording session my dad just ad-libbed and made that up at the time yeah. um and I think which
0: is the experience you need to do that but I
1: immense. think at the time he'd asked for royalties and they wouldn't give him any royalties oh, no I think he got paid a flat fee so he would have made quite a bit of money from that
0: he would have, or Should not? He
1: would have done, I think. If it'd yeah. been
0: royalties, yeah. yeah, but he, he got a shit, credit
1: on the album. Yeah. But he—they also played with, I think, people like, um, I don't know, Deep Purple and yeah, yeah. Pink, <laughs> Pink <laughs> Floyd, <or Alan laughs> and people like that. But he just didn't. Did your mum do any of that as well? Not really. I mean, it's he different. was the one that was, you know, he was always f- flying all over the
0: world, and and he was very famous time.
1: in America. And I mean, people still, although it was quite a niche thing, people yeah. still hold him in high esteem hard, yeah. yeah
0: so if you're so they must have come to town been jobbing musicians i suppose um they're not you don't get employed by maybe you got employed by no the you have a full-time job so you're full-time so, bbc employee yeah right. you what, become bbc symphony
1: yeah symphony orchestra and i think he so there was a, a horn player called dennis brain who was D-Brain. hit before him yeah. and he unfortunately died in a car accident right. So my dad then got elevated up to being principal horn player when he was quite young. Um, and then I think once you've got that position, you then get given the opportunity to sort of go and do concerts all round. They were travelled all the time. So because
0: if you're an employee, you can't... I do to do sideline stuff must be...
1: Well, I think he was for a bit and then I'm not sure. I think he then obviously was freelance. I mean, yeah. they book you
0: for sessions.
1: Yeah. So it's a bit like being yeah. freelance, I suppose.
0: So they ultimately met in the pit.
1: Yeah, and I don't really know, I don't what know, your my mum home, play? she plays the French horn as well, Okay, both. but French she also horns. played the Wagner tuba and, okay. I don't know, they're both very accomplished. Yeah. Our house was just, when I grew up, all we had yeah. the whole time was classical music, people yeah. round playing yeah. instruments.
0: Shut up!
1: It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. quite annoying.
0: So you were born 1963, really? are you? where are you in the line of, because it's... It's hordes of you, I think. Yeah, so How there's six of total? us all six together.
1: I've got one much older brother who was from my dad's first marriage.
0: OK, so, so I was going to say your mum and dad met in the pit, but your dad was...
1: So he'd been married before. Yeah. So I've got a brother who is 12 years older. And then from my mum and dad...
0: I older have a brother's name?
1: Adrian. So he was in the army as a military corps, so he okay. he played the viola. Um, then I have... Brother Andrew. So you're the oldest of the. No, I've got an elder brother who's a year and a half older than me.
0: Okay, so Sheila and Alan. Shirley and Alan Alan had someone. So
1: so Shirley and Alan had Andrew.
0: Andrew, okay. So he lives out in
1: Australia. Then me.
0: Okay, so you're two in line.
1: Then my brother Robert. Okay. Then Helen. And then there's a gap of 12 years and then my sister Charlotte.
0: 12 years at the top and 12 at the bottom. Yeah. Nice and neat. So, when you moved to Down, is that where you spent all your childhood? You moved about quite a lot? So,
1: that was my sort of childhood. So, they bought this whopping great house in the middle of the village there. And we ended up sort of, it was just rattling around in this house. It was great. And because they were away on tour all the time, travelling the world, we had sort of a whole series of quite weird sort of mother's helps and au pairs. And so, we were So, is your mum still
0: working as a musician as well? So she off. doesn't
1: work now, but, but she, she worked
0: up until quite recently. So she, when she had all you lot, she still carried she on in between. all the way
1: through, yeah. But she really wasn't a motherly sort of mother at all. Yeah. And I think for them, having children was just what you did. Yeah. I don't think... We weren't really brought up by
0: our, our parents. We were family-orientated.
1: No, we were just yeah. left to our own devices.
0: Yeah, which is good and bad.
1: Yeah, no, it was yeah. great, because yeah. you had so much freedom and independence yeah. to do Run what you wanted. Run of the ranch.
0: Yeah.
1: But I think it meant that you didn't become... You know, I didn't really know my siblings until I was an adult because we'd just all grown up totally independently. So, yeah, so I lived there when I was at school and then... Where did you go to school? I went to a school called Baston School for Young Ladies.
0: What about your (laughs) first school? Is that school... So So I went to the local village school. Primary school, yeah.
1: um, When we first moved down. Yeah, and junior school? Well, I only went there till I was seven and then I was left-handed, but they in oh, those dear. days they made you right right-handed so fucking weird
0: i think just <laughs> this bizarre
1: um and so my mum sent me to baston school which they took children from like a five upwards you could stay there from five to 18. okay so that was about half an hour away and i used to at seven years old i'd sort of get the bus to school okay. and this is a fee-paying school it was a fee-paying school yeah. so my two brothers got had scholarships to choir school and both we all played instruments we were like the von trapp family so where's the choir school so one went to westminster abbey choir school
0: so that's traveling up to town or staying in town uh, so
1: you lived in seven days a week you were a, oh. t- a boarder so you had to sing in westminster cathedral and it, yeah. my younger brother when i think when he was about five or something so you go as a boarder when you're that age Nuts. and you're there you don't come home at weekends
0: it's yeah. It's just, so when you said you didn't know your siblings, I can understand. So we why, went to day no at Home, you're all over the shop.
1: Yeah. So you didn't know. I didn't know my yeah. siblings. So
0: you, you, you're with your sister and your brother. And then because we had themselves. this
1: whopping great house, we'd sort of get home and we'd. My parents would be away, and then we'd have, you know, a mother's help around. So I think you just become. Yeah. I think that's why I ended up doing lots of hobbies because I really yeah. liked doing things a like. Time. Yeah. yeah. Sewing, painting. Yeah. I used to go horse riding and yeah. all sorts of things. I used to go and yeah.
0: help at the stables. So, and... so you went every day to school. You didn't stay there. You went. No, I went every day. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so you were and forwards from home to ultimately a lady's home to a ladies' school because there's ladies no boys school. there. The boys have gone to school. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. So from five, or whatever it was, you said seven, you stayed at that school till you left school? So I
1: stayed there, yeah, till I was 18. So I, I, when I left there, I, I basically went
0: to art school straight from say. So when you're school. maybe doing your O-levels, did you think, oh, I might want to be this or might want to be it. Did you have any ideas about what you thought you might want to do or be? Or
1: um, I don't know, I just always wanted to do something. You weren't going to be a musician. that,
0: fuck, I'm going to play. Oh, that.
1: I thought that really put me off, being a musician. <laughs> really? Yeah. From a young age, we all played, so when I was about five or six I played the violin and then I ended up playing and the piano yeah. and the cello which I did quite like the cello but yeah. then when you get to an eight when you're about 15 16 and you're having to carry it to school on yeah. the bus and so I was always quite embarrassed by my upbringing and I was always a bit sort of yeah. I don't know because it was such a massive house and everything it was always a bit embarrassing you just wanted aware
0: to. of it yeah
1: yeah but you didn't really know any different but I don't know. I, I mean, I do remember being at school and enjoying being at
0: school. Yeah, so you didn't hate it. But it's just you went, you had to go. And you, yeah.
1: yeah. And I do sort of still get school letters and I still remember all the teachers' names and things like that, which is very weird, I think, when you still remember them. I when think all that
0: seems ingrained into you, though. It's just yeah. something you say every day when you're that, and it's, mm. what is that, nearly 10 years of your life, isn't it? Especially if you're one school and one school only. I don't like teacher turnover now, but generally speaking, those teachers were there and they stayed there your duration of school yeah. phase, so. but it was
1: quite a weird school and in those days you had very strict sort of uniform code and yeah. which was you know you'd have Lower to the knee skirts you had to it. wear a boater and if you were seen out you'd of school without your on. boater <laughs> you'd be in trouble you know but it was always a good opportunity for the local school boys to come and flick your boater off and try yeah. and get it under a lorry or something <laughs>
0: So did you have to wear the boater up until you left. Eighteen-year-old boater. Well, in sixth form it
1: was a bit more relaxed, a bit but, it, but it was still, it was still just a very weird thing in life to have those rules. I think.
0: So when you did your three A levels, were you going to go to uni or? or no, you'd... so I'd
1: always just wanted to go to art college. Wasn't really
0: interested. So you'd in have else. to do a foundation. I, don't, so I, I did a I, foundation did foundation
1: at Ravensbourne.
0: Okay, I had a good. I don't know much about art college, but which in had a back good day. in the day
1: it was actually really good. They did, in fact, they did media, lots of T. Filming and stuff like that there.
0: So what year was this? Because you. So
1: that would have been eighty. Eighty
0: one. Yeah, okay. I think.
1: So I went there, did a foundation which I loved. Then I did the fashion and textiles. The started the degree doing that.
0: Yeah. And where was that? I
1: same place. Oh, same and place. And when I started doing it, I just thought, oh, this is not for me. I knew that I was on the wrong course. And in those days, they sort of picked what you did. Yeah. So fashion and textiles, they. Picked that I should do knit, knit. for my degree, and that isn't I
0: an acronym that is actually what knit.
1: Knit, yeah, knitwear. Yeah.
0: Knitwear, okay,
1: yeah. And I just it just wasn't for me. I shouldn't I should have done you know fine art or graphics or something yeah. like that. So
0: jump course or jump ship.
1: No, or? so I did a year of that and then I I left. So I bailed out. So I didn't finish my degree. So it, in fact, by that time, I'd actually left home because I um, was going out with this guy. <laughs> Because my dad, by then, was... So my dad basically was an alcoholic, and I think that's... Musicians in those days, that was a byproduct of being a musician, because they'd yeah. go off and do a rehearsal in the morning, then they'd go to the pub, then they'd do a rehearsal in the afternoon, then they'd go to the pub, and then they'd do the concert. Yeah, killing
0: Tom and ultimately. In fact, yeah. all
1: his peers,
0: yeah.
1: a lot of them, actually died of alcoholism. Yeah. And so even though he was had this great acclaim and was a fantastic musician, you know, secretly he was sort of boozing on the side and it was all getting a bit lethal so this is quite a funny story so when I started going out with um, in fact he did this to three boyfriends, so he didn't really like me going out with anyone and he would we had a great big drive and he would crash into their cars on our drive, (laughs) sorry and then say sorry (laughs) you're on my property (laughs) And so that became a bit of a recurring yeah. habit. <laughs> so, once he'd done it to someone I was going out with at the time, I just thought oh, this is ridiculous. So I went and actually lived with my boyfriend's sister's family because they had young children. So I was doing a bit of sort of babysitting so for them. Where was that? That was in Biggin Hill. And I was working at the pub. So I was earning a bit so of I, cash. I was sort of pretty sort of, yeah, right. earning my own money yeah. and I then decided to do a Years sort of secretarial course, like a, a year. They did a year course at the local um, local technical college. So I went and did that, which was... And that was in? That was in Bromley. Oh, Bromley, OK. Um, and that was... It was really good, actually. It was like a business studies and secretarial
0: course. So super practical course.
1: Really, yeah. So just went and did that for... I was probably one of the older... There were about three or four of us who were a bit older because most of the people there had just come from school. So I went and did that for a year and then... That's how I got into working on the magazine. So
0: were you doing, were you doing things like shorthand as well? Shorthand, yeah. So I think it's a super typing skill. Shorthand. Why do people teach shorthand now? Agree. But my mum does that. It's just yeah. like watching someone, go yeah. yeah. Just got that down. Because
1: no one actually yeah. writes with a pencil. And touch anymore. type.
0: You touch yeah. type. touch type. Yes, yeah. it's super skills. Even now, touch typing and shorthand. I don't short think hand. they teach it now, do no, they? No. no. Which I
1: think actually at schools now, where they're you all do using touch computer, typing, yeah. you should 100% learn yeah. how to touch yeah. type. Yeah. Yeah, it was invaluable. I really yeah. enjoyed that. It was a really, you know, quick year, but I learnt so much in that year. So with those skills, I then managed to get a job at IPC magazines.
0: Yeah. And meet Mr Boyd, who said no. Exactly. Yeah. Made me redundant. I remember that story.
1: Charlotte, your dad made yeah. me redundant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Charlotte Boyd's dad was big cheese. Twice. Yeah. Yeah, I was Twice. Don't <laughs> tell me that, yeah. <laughs>
1: But so I so that's how I got into IPC and I didn't really know anything about
0: So when you got to or, IPC, how did you get did you see an advert or just walk up to no, the so in those CV? days
1: it was all trade unions, wasn't it? Yeah, and So-Gat. so the only way you could get a job is if you knew someone who was yeah, on the union. Know. And a friend of my dad's was the mother of the chapel. So she said to me, Oh, why don't you go and why don't you join Sogat? Yeah. So percent. she got me into. So,
0: so G- weird, I used to be a member of. So- yeah. So she no, got, got me, me into, into society. It was of allied the and graphical trades.
1: Yeah. So you could only
0: and work and in shop. publishing
1: if you were a member of the union, and you had to be nominated and seconded to have a job.
0: So, so- society of graphical and allied trades, and weirdly, they had a headquarters near IPC. Street. Yeah, near you, and then it became a studio. And I went there, and as a student, I said I used to build this in the nineteen eighties. and It was a pound to pay a pound a week.
1: Mm. But yeah. so that, so that's how so you, you got, got in a job. the union. Got in through the union, yeah. yeah.
0: And did you had to pay your dues every week.
1: You did pay your dues every week. Otherwise, you got chucked out. Got chucked out,
0: chucked out yeah. 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 It's like the mafia. Well, no, it, it really that's was what, yeah, like that.
1: Yeah. And I think the whole print thing—you know—everybody earned really good money in those days if you were in the print,
0: yeah.
1: it was a very weird... I mean, do you remember, it sounds really weird, but the rooms that were the PMT rooms, is this uh, they were called, which is very yeah. un-PC, they they were the great big sort of print rooms where they set everything up. And, and
0: is this in the big brown building, which is now... So, yeah, re- li- so, re- so re- my, re- my first job... Blackfriars Bridge.
1: ..was in the tower in Stamford Street. So, so that, you
0: started off in the big brown tower? So I
1: started off in the big tower, and my first job was working for Susie Smith...
0: So when still you around working for her, so you were her So PA I was her or... PA.
1: OK. And so that was in, when was that, like 1982 or three, maybe 1983? So that was a Ideal Home spin-off, so the editor of Ideal
0: Home. So she was the editor of Ideal Home?
1: She'd been, I think, the art editor of Ideal Home, okay. and I think the editor had come up with this concept of creating a home shopping magazine. Yeah. And it... It was way ahead of its time actually. So when you
0: went to IPC, did you think obviously if you've done a sectoral course you could have gone a doctor's, a lawyer's, a business per, whatever. Why did you pick IPC? Did you were you interested in
1: I had no idea what happened in magazines a, at all. Yeah. It was just lucky. So in that fact IPC... I'd been offered a couple of jobs working one was in a, a law firm. I like was going say PA, it could have been
0: anyway, yeah.
1: And I can't remember what the other one was. And then I got offered this and I I had no idea how magazines worked. I so no, Did had the no offer idea. come from
0: the mother of the chapel or if someone think, why don't you go to IPC Well Where I went there that... as a
1: temp. So go I on. went to work for Susie Smith as a temp and then because I think I'd been to art college and had
0: that background. Yeah so that it sort foundation of connected. you instead. Yeah. It
1: really did, yeah, yeah, and I had no idea how a magazine yeah. was produced or who would needed to be involved in that process or anything, but it just had a really good so link. Your
0: good foundation of the year stood you instead for the art and your secretarial oh, school stood you instead to get you the job and marry the two together.
1: Yeah, it worked really yeah. well, yeah. It just was really fun. I really enjoyed yeah. it and it felt
0: really good. So, if you were the PA, did you go, you just saw the shoots being assembled, you didn't go out on shoots?
1: Well, I did start going on shoots because I think, again, because of the art college thing, they, you know, Susie was really generous and sort of said, Oh, why don't you set up a shoot? Or why don't you do a you know? She's the one that sort of pushed me from being secretary to then being a junior stylist, Stylist, and that's when you learn everything about the industry. But you know, you're never going to get those days back again where you know you learnt so much from working your way up the ladder because people always say, How do you how did you learn what you do? and it is from starting at the bottom yeah. and working your way up. But
0: seeing lots of things, it's not just one thing, it's lots of things to go to make a magazine picture. It's not just a photographer. It's, and also, it's a... I
1: suppose then, because it was so time-consuming, so when you did the magazine then, it was manual typewriter. Yeah. So you would write your copy
0: yeah.
1: and you'd have to type it out, you know, whatever, it, I can't remember the width of it, but it would be a certain width on your typewriter... You'd type it all out, and then the subs would sub it. Then you'd have to retype what's,
0: it. What's the sub do then?
1: So they would go through it and copy check it for
0: okay grammar, grammar spelling, and things like
1: that. You would then have to. They would mark it up with a red pen mm. and you Do it again, die. And you'd have to do it again.
0: So you type. You might yeah. type your
1: copy out. 10 times until it was right.
0: So would you then assemble it on a piece of paper and sticky tape yeah, and Yeah, it was stuff? all
1: done with... <laughs> yeah, it was all done with tape and... And it used to take months to do one so, issue. It?
0: It's now exists, it's, now, it's just
1: instant. You're just pasting. doing it the same yeah. day and it's going live same day. Yeah. And everything you... You know, you'd ring people up and ask on them to send you a line. brochure. Yeah. You'd then get the brochure through. You'd then ring them and ask for transparencies of images
0: you have to
1: look on a light box, pick all yeah. the images out.
0: Yeah. Do you think, because everything's now done... I mean, it's not done everything in a day, obviously you've got to go out and shoot it and think of the ideas and all that sort of stuff, but do you think you've lost anything from having all that time to think about that, or is it just the same, but quicker?
1: Well, I think there was a happy medium at one time when you, you know, obviously you don't want to go back to those days because it would take you a month to do a feature and but the Then you that had, had months to, to do the feature. You had to walk around and find everything that went in. So you'd literally walk into the shops. Go, can I borrow that? Can I borrow this? You couldn't see anything online, and then you'd have to sort of, you know, if you wanted to make a phone call, you'd have to go into a phone box. It seems so weird. Um, it? Everything was written down. So there were lots of things that were really good about those days. But then I think now,
0: frustrating as well, you can
1: find good. anything online. You know, if you need something for a job now, you can just. Straight on Amazon, order it say, the next day. Yeah, yeah. But then I think it's gone too far now. That it's just too fast. Yeah. People don't give you any time to be creative or,
0: or have an idea and maybe, come up with yeah, ideas. Yeah,
1: you know you can't. I think from the top you get art directors ringing you on a Monday saying we need your creative ideas by
0: this afternoon. Well, you can't just yeah, think of you something can't speed that quickly. That up on the computer, yeah. Unless you're going to nick it. Yeah. But I think... It can speed up things, but also sometimes you need to slow... It's nice everything slow down you can think about it in your own time, not just be thrashed along by a massively... Yeah. And the whole thing long.
1: about, you know, set building and, you know, you had the luxury, you might take three days to build a set.
0: Yeah.
1: And then you'd shoot it, it would take, yeah. you know, you'd be shooting it for a day, you'd a send the image day. off, it would be a, go off to the lab, it would come back. You'd have, you know, you had that luxury of sort of crafting things up but then yeah. equally it was quite slow because well, yeah. it, it would go off to the lab and then everyone would sit and have lunch for three hours yeah, yeah. which I'm sure you'd be happy with that <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. so I don't know photographers used to earn really good money then and I, yeah. I think their jobs have sort of been devalued but maybe rightly so because it was a bit sort of, well, there was a lot of pompousness well, going well, on Supposedly
0: everyone it. could take a picture now which isn't always the case, you seem to have an eye and an idea but but then I feel like your job as well is always all about ideas, but maybe some of it is all dilutes and washes around on the net and maybe there's less thinking going on in some respects and more looking and picking and nicking and yeah. in the old days you'd have your pen and pad and paper and think, okay, get on with it, okay, oh you'd have to write, think, draw.
1: I do think they I feel quite sad for the young people coming up because I do think those were the best days for sort of learning and exploring all sorts of things, like, you know, the studios, the way the studios work, the set build, the whole sort of luxury. And it was quite a sort of, I suppose it was a bit of a hedonistic world of stuff going on, but it was actually really
0: enjoyable. So how long did you spend with Susie?
1: So I was there for maybe about Three years?
0: You know it was going to morph into more than her PA. Did you just think, oh, here's a PA, and then you also Maybe
1: a bit like, maybe two years. Well, you, I think because I very quickly went from being the PA into the...
0: Doing other things.
1: ...style department. Yeah. I can't even you enjoyed think. I think it was like... It might have even been in the home... I can't remember what it was called home department or style department. Yeah. So then I was doing shoots, and then I... Oh, then the magazine it actually got made redundant. That was where Charlotte Boyd's dad came in. Came in with the big axe. So they closed that down. I then got another job at Natmags, working on Cosmo so that was but that was a bit of a weird role because it was a interiors and fashion role okay and once again <laughs> so it's fight with, dog fight with the lawnmower. <laughs> suddenly got very noisy in yeah. the suburbs <laughs> after me yeah. got birds
0: lawnmowers birds and mower. dogs
1: yeah. um but that so it sort of crossed me back into the fashion world.
0: Yeah, and, but still magazines and, and.
1: still magazines, and it, and it was really great. Like so, I was right in the heart of Soho, which yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. I loved working there. Yeah,
0: were uh, you living there as well
1: then? <laughs> so I was living in Peckham at that time.
0: Was oh, this when you met your first <laughs> so, husband?
1: Well, I met my first husband when I was at IPC, and in those days you could buy a flat quite cheaply. So I,
0: where did you meet him?
1: So I met him when I was working in my local pub because he was playing in the cricket team.
0: So, if you're, so you're working, obviously, and you're working in the pub?
1: Yes. OK. So I used to work in the pub at weekends. OK, back. Because so I'd, work, I'd worked there since I was 16. I was, like, part of the family. Yeah, OK, yeah. And so I'd do a sort of Sunday lunchtime, which yeah, I quite liked. Yeah. And he was playing cricket. Yeah. He used to play cricket for a team called Dulwich Wanderers. <laughs> and I used to go and sometimes I'd do the tea for the cricket tea. So he wasn't like
0: living down there because he's from Peckham, He's he? from Peckham, so So did he wander down with the wandering cricketers? So he wandered
1: down with the wandering cricketers and I then chatted
0: you up in the bar.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then the thing about my dad smashed him into, into cars his in car. the drive. So crashed into his car.
0: Yeah. Sheet of approval. And I thought, oh, Alan, here we Alan. go. <laughs> Alan!
1: <laughs> and so I ended up Leaving home, and we got a flat together. His name is Dean.
0: Dean, that's it, Dean. So, yeah.
1: ended up getting a flat. Well, first of all, actually, we lived with, with his mum for a bit, which was in Peckham and then Camberwell. In the Haygate. And then we bought a flat in Peckham Rye. Okay, yeah.
0: It's not very nice. <laughs> Do you want a tea yeah, break? Yeah, tea break. Do a tea break? Yeah. Seems so quiet without that strimmer. Lovely.
1: <laughs> it, was a, it was when it was the dogs, the
0: Back two. In Peckham, Part two. Part two, the dogs Continued. have killed each other. So you're in Peckham, you bought a flat for thirty grand. Yeah. About 1980s to your 22-ish Yeah. with Dean. God. Yeah. So when you get the chop with Mr Boyd from the magazine, had you already bought your flat? Yes. So it was just a worrying point. I've been mm. done and I've got now I've got...
1: No, I actually wasn't worried about it at all. Because in those days, it was an opportunity to get, you know, else. go get another job, which... Yeah. Um,
0: you quickly did.
1: I got another job and you got redundancy, which was very nice. Pay, beneficial. Yeah, good. We ended up moving out. So we moved to Heaver.
0: So you sold that. So we sold...
1: The flat, so there are a whole load of things that sort of happened. So my ex-husband got glassed in the neck. Excellent. <laughs> so he was a real Peckham, born and bred yeah. and we used to go out in Peckham and it was a very dodgy area at the time. Yeah. And he got glassed in the neck. They caught the bloke who did it and he got put away. So he then...
0: Were you there when that happened?
1: Yeah, so I was there. So we went out somewhere? with a big group of people and it was in a sort of club that we used to go to. I mean, it was... The club? Um, it, well, it, was on, it was right on the corner of Peckham Rye Common. I think it was... I can't even remember what it was, was yeah, So it was in Peckham Rye? Yes, we used to go there all the time. But he got glassed and that obviously was quite a sort of Edgy life-changing... Edgy thing for him. So we ended up moving out to Heaver and he still li- he still lives out in the countryside now and loves yeah. it.
0: So it wasn't your dad with the glass?
1: <laughs> well no he was busy crashing into other people. <laughs> he was just getting more and more Leery, my dad at the time and they ended up so my mum and dad got divorced and they sold the big house.
0: So is there anybody at home below you in the pecking order? In the
1: so my all the others had left by then, but my little sister was at home. Yeah. So my mum got a new house and lived with my little sister. And my dad, obviously, the drinking was quite bad by then.
0: So the drinking, but quite... he
1: still was quite. He was a, he was one of those larger than life characters he that
0: operates being an alcoholic his, basically.
1: When he was surrounded by people, he was a, a real character, real party animal, loved entertaining, quite loud, you know, like I say, amazing musician, but then... Also did the entertaining
0: in his spare time At home, he
1: was a pain in the arse, yeah.
0: So, mid-80s, your mum and dad are splitting up, you're moving out of London back to Kent with a semi-injured husband... So we moved
1: down to Kent. But
0: no children.
1: And then I had Melissa, so that was... So she was...
0: 24th of January... 1991. And then Billy was born in 1992... So two kids. So you're having kids. So what is Dean doing if he's not working at the... So
1: he then set up a business with his cousin, which was a plumbing and electrical business.
0: Okay. So is this now he now the main breadwinner if you've got kids, or are you still...
1: I think he had always earned quite good money when he was at the... when he was an engineer.
0: Yeah.
1: I can't remember whether he got made... I think he might have been made redundant. Anyway, we moved and he set up this business with his cousin. Yeah. And I was then commuting up to work, but it was fine from there, like, didn't mind that. And then he ended up having a row with his cousin <laughs> and giving up work, so I then became the main breadwinner.
0: OK, so the electrical he, thing, he folded out of it.
1: He just... It, oh, I don't know, it, it just didn't itself. work. It didn't work, yeah. so he ended up... We ended up in quite a lot of money problems and I had to be As the in breadwinner. business debt. Yeah. Business debt and all sorts of things, yeah. So when I had Billy, I went back to work straight away. I had no time off. Yeah. And that was quite
0: So shocking. you had an office-bound PAYE job. So I was No, no i gone Broadway to... Broadwick Street. I'd gone
1: to Broadwick Street. Networks, yeah. And then I was there for about a year, and then I ended up working... Going back to IPC, I'm working at Woman's Own, um, Still at, and, it's and that was Brent in about Tower.
0: 1983. I think. yeah,
1: 1984, something like okay. that. So. And at, in those days, Woman's Own was like a massive publication, selling millions a week. Yeah, you know, we did loads of real home makeovers, which were awful. Oh, proper. Scrabbling around the bottom of somebody's one, loo. One, one coat wonders, yeah. but again that. You know, back at IPC, that's where you know really did see all the you know Charlotte Boyds, Emma yeah. Morton Turner, Alison yeah. Davidson,
0: yeah.
1: all the people, all coming the people up the that are still around yeah. now. And then it all sort of went a bit pear-shaped in that. So we had money problems because of Dean's business collapse. So we then ended up selling that house and moving out even further to Rye. So that was really hard, and I sort of ended up sort of. Being the breadwinner. Or... I was, like, leaving home at five to drive up to work. Yeah. It was just awful. That would in- um, eventually invade everything. So that, just gets yeah, so that basically was
0: the... A death nail, ..death of my marriage, but, yeah. yeah. When did you realise that was all over, the Dean... So we split line? up in 1996. So how did you get married? Yeah, so I'd been
1: married for so maybe when did you seven get married? years. Got married in 1989... Big, puffy dress like a toilet roll holder. It was big, Excellent. puffy dress. It was very 1980s, was yeah. it? Big, fat hair. Big, fat hair, yeah. White suit. <laughs> Lots of people. Um,
0: church, fight, gatto no, drink. Church. That's where the glassing happened.
1: Church. <laughs> <laughs> and then a bit of a knees up. Yeah. Where was it? That was in... Um, we got married in Down Church.
0: Yeah. so um, locals Where I'd Holland.
1: actually sung in the choir when I was a yeah. young child.
0: So did all your siblings turn up?
1: Um, yeah, my siblings were there. Yeah,
0: and my about... dad
1: wasn't there because he died by car. that
0: time. Oh, he died by then. Oh, yeah. Okay. When did your dad die?
1: He died beginning in March 1989, and I got married in July 1989.
0: So, how long had they been separated?
1: Um, a couple of years at least. Okay.
0: So, at his funeral was it? Was there lots of people there? Was it a quiet do or? Oh, it
1: was quite a big thing. So, and did you have lots of an people an from A big his obituary and, and... yeah.
0: So people from his working... Yeah, he was, you know, it was quite a
1: big thing in the sort of music world. Any live music? Um, we did have some live music, actually. And then he it, had yeah. a service, because he was an OBE as well. Oh, um, okay. He had a service at Obby. the musician's church thing in Covent, uh, in Covent Garden. Yeah,
0: Covent Garden. Is the mu- yeah. yeah, yeah. So he... How old was he when he died then? He was 59, which is quite scary. That's shocking, Yeah. So just but died. there was a,
1: a funny story that he um, was on the train and somebody... It was in the days of a sort of walkman and someone had got their walkman on and, he, you know, it was blaring out loudly and he said, oh, can you turn that down? You know, it's really noisy. And I think they just said, oh, fuck off, whatever. Yeah, what you know? So he got his French horn out and started playing the <laughs> <a> concerto <laughs> in the train. <laughs> and everyone stood up and clapped. Yeah. And, you know, he was that sort of yeah. person. But he used to do um, things like children's concerts. As well, at the festival hall, where you know, a bit like Roy Castle would pay all yeah. those. He used to do that with lengths of hose pipe and yeah. play all these different things. Yeah, yeah he was—he was an extremely talented
0: man. He was just a yeah. very a
1: strange person.
0: Okay, so your dad died before you got married. Yeah, and so your mum and dad are split up. You got married, and then you're divorced by '96. Yeah, spitting in '96. Yeah, so. Acrimonious, I'm going to ask that, yeah.
1: yeah. oh, God, it was awful, yeah. Yeah, so... And because he... So he was... Uh, I mean, it's fine now, it's like a million years ago. Yeah. But because he was a house husband. Yeah. So he then got custody of the kids and I was the breadwinner, which was not much
0: fun. Well, no, it's so just... It's, you know, I'm not from a divorce background. I haven't... I don't think Debbie's divorced me, but I kind of imagine it's going to be easy. Yeah. I mean,
1: I left like, him. It was my choice, yeah. but I think... you know, had I not been so naive about how things work, which you are I think you know, you you certainly practice divorce, do you? Just look up the divorce. it was was pretty awful. Yeah. So when you I'd say it was awful for at least like, you know, five years it was bad.
0: Yeah, so so if you've left there, where where have you where are you gonna live?
1: So I then got rented a flat in Cricklewood.
0: And then you're obviously working (sighs) So then
1: yeah, so got together with Russ, which was, you know, a little bit of an illicit crossover.
0: Where'd you meet Russ?
1: Um, well, I'd known Russ before before either of us got married. I knew him. And oh, obviously, really? nothing. Yeah, that was what was really weird about
0: That's the whole thing. Weird. Let's get back to that chapter. And I thought he was. A twat. <laughs> <The Russ chapter. laughs> oh, did you know? <laughs> So and when he, I was yeah. at
1: Woman's Own, all the girls used to shoot with him there. Yeah. And so I started working yeah, with him. he his velvet jacket? He did have a velvet jacket.
0: Excellent news. And good in your eyes. just
1: run. as annoying as he is Big now. Big
0: Yeah, good, good. I like that.
1: And I would never have, in a million years, thought that we'd have <laughs> yeah. ended up together. Yeah. It was just, a, you know, no way.
0: Yeah. But then that's the weird thing of attraction and well. meeting and <laughs> <of
1: her>. all <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there was any attraction. But, but um, no, so, it was weird. So I we ended up renting in Cricklewood.
0: And so then, where did your work cross over when you finally met Russ? So did, I think because of working when I was at had one's quite, own, He had his own he studio. He had a studio
1: in uh, West Hampstead. Yeah. Well, actually, no, he had a studio in Park Royal then in, yeah. by the Guinness building. Yeah. And then for a short while, he rented that out and had a stu- another studio in West Hampstead. Yeah. And so we used to work together all the time then. But, I mean, Shooting still... What, little... We'd be doing, like, massive room sets okay. for... Woman's Own. So I worked at Woman's Own and then we got made redundant again.
0: Excellent news.
1: Charlotte Boyd's dad again, second time. So I went freelance. So that was before I split up from Dean. So So I was living in Wittersham. This was all really bad timing because I got made redundant. Had Billy didn't have any maternity time off,
0: no, and also it's the rocky world. Dean
1: owed loads of money from his business. Yeah. It was the whole thing was just a mess. Disaster awesome recipe, yeah, it really was a disaster. Like we owed because of his, the business collapsing. He owed loads of money. You know, everything was just all a mess. You and and I freelance just
0: freelance is a bit of a rocky start, whatever you say. But
1: the good thing about freelance was because we'd been at Woman's Own, and this was when it sort of all suddenly became the digital age. And we got Major redundant and Suzanne Carter, who used to work at Woman's Own, yeah. between us we sort of set out this proposal to do exactly what we'd been doing in-house. So we left on the Friday and then on the Monday started freelancing for them doing the same job. And we so just the, did a they bought their
0: work off you, basically. Yeah, so, so we
1: did a package for them because obviously for them it was much easier because we carried on doing the same job.
0: for oh, so the digital age, you don't need a phone line and a desk, you can do it from a laptop. And... So
1: we work from home. So I bought my first Apple Mac Classic, which I still have up in the loft. Really? Tiny little
0: smash the shit out screen
1: is, you know, six inches.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah. So OK, so you've so moved to Cricklewood. You're with moved Russ. Moved to Cricklewood. Russ is still... You know, being still a photographer. Yeah,
1: so we both had really shit acrimonious divorces so going on. Russ has on. got
0: Jules and so yeah, and so, I can't remember. So
1: he's just he's got Jules from yeah, the,
0: and his ex wife's Sharon. Sharon, is it? so Sharon and Jules are together somewhere else, and then yeah. Billy, Melissa. So yeah, so. so Russ is obviously freelance as well.
1: Yeah. So we then found this place that we live when in was now in Russ, Bushy.
0: When, sorry, when was Russ...
1: So Russ is from Bushy. He's a Bushy boy. He's lived there all his life. And I think, as with the Jewish community yeah. <laughs>
0: around here, they like to stay in their own part of the world. No, it's nothing wrong with that at all. It's, it's, it's,
1: so he's you know. always lived in this part yeah. of the world. So I've been the one that sort of moved all over. So
0: then you pitched up and bought this.
1: Pitched up and bought this, which was owned by this elderly couple yeah. who had five children but none of the children had sort of looked after them or anything and they lived in one room, it was like a sort of squat and there were a couple of outhouses and sheds in the garden and they were just amazing like workshops just full of it was like a hoarder's house I mean it was incredible really, it was like his whole, like the life I mean they were both disabled I think the wife ended up dying and then the husband was living in one room it was quite sad
0: really Oh, no, and I think, they and I think they'd lived there. here
1: from, you know, 1950s, something like that. So, yeah, we moved in, lived in one room. It was like living in a squat, had so a barbecue outside. Look, so when you
0: came to look at it, was one of them still here?
1: No, They're it was in gone. probate.
0: Oh, OK. So you're looking at someone's sort of ghostly ship of possessions. It but it's really still full sad, of shit.
1: and it was all in probate, so that was what was quite sad. But the rooms were just
0: full of stuff. So you moved here... Sorry, yeah, I think we moved here, yeah, yet. so
1: Jamie was born in 1997, so 1999, so we lived in the flat with him when he was first born, so and then we moved here in 99, uh, and we've been here ever since. Yeah, nice,
0: no, and it goes really quickly. So it has gone really quickly. Two years or whatever, isn't it, 25 Yeah, I
1: can't be, believe I've been with Russ for that many years, that's what's so weird about it.
0: So when you moved here, was it... Because I think you said you had a lot of work done. You could do this, but you said, you, I think you wished... I oh, wish we'd done that, but we didn't have enough money.
1: Yeah, so we lived in it for or a bit like a squat. Then we managed... Then it, so Russ sold his studio in Park Royal, yeah. which he should have kept, because now it would obviously be... And if you hadn't sold that, maybe, maybe we wouldn't have funded this. No, we wouldn't have been yeah, able to so do the house. Because I think that's the thing about getting divorced. You realise you are on massive catch-up with everything... Because, you know, all your friends at the same age have paid off, off their mortgages yeah. by then. Yeah. And you're sort of starting again or, you know, you are on massive catch up. But I mean, it's irrelevant, isn't it? It is. It's just, and yeah, I think, you know, I hole. think when you're working as well, it's like I've always said to you, your money just goes around in a big circle. You never feel... You know, whatever work you do, you don't feel richer or you, you don't feel like
0: you're benefiting and from you your work. whatever you have, you spend it. It's, it's
1: just going round in a big yeah. hamster wheel of, is, yeah. and you just carry on your what you do.
0: So remember another story. Maybe you've forgotten the story. I haven't. I was on a job with you once and you came in and you... <laughs> Russell? You listening, Russell? Russell'd spent a lot of money in a Lambo. Oh, yeah. And you got very cross.
1: Well, he's a bit <laughs> rash. <red. laughs> <laughs>
0: I think you had some. you yeah, weren't, you weren't it, in the peakest tip-top has ideas financial condition. His
1: station. <laughs> I think because I, I think because of what I went through with Dean and ending up in absolute financial dire straits and then having to pay off a load of debt. I think I'm very, very wary. Debt conscious. I'm really debt conscious. Yeah. Sentiment. And I, and I he's not he's like, like debt he, conscious. He's mm. not like that at all. He lives every day is the day. I think, and
0: you know, maybe I'm telling you this the wrong way. When maybe he bought his car and he. I think, yeah, I remember you telling me it was something like, "Yeah, he spent it was only 80 grand." I was thinking, "Fucking hell, 80 uh, grand! Fuck, <laughs> only 80 for a And
1: he does mix with car people that have, you know, a lot of money, and to them that is nothing. But so you were, we're fairly,
0: you were fairly debt-ridden, and you came home, and Russ had this very fancy car.
1: Yeah, so I hid the keys. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, you said I'd take the keys off. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Very it was a really weird cool. colour as well. It was, it, was it was orange. It was orange, orange Lamborghini. With,
1: I think yeah. it had like, bright blue interior. Yeah. Yeah, so it was come.
0: a bargain! Die! it was a bargain! I couldn't say no! <laughs> it's
1: just a really weird thing to do. I, and I sort of it's said a to him, car nut. I said, how much money do you need to say to someone, oh, I'm just buying this? You know, when do you get to the point when you think, I'll just mention that? You know, yeah. is it like thousand pounds? Is it two thousand pounds? Is it ten thousand pounds? Is it eighty. Is, is it twenty thousand pounds? You know. I was trying to have that conversation. When do you think you ought to have some sort of <laughs> take some responsibility for your actions? Oh, I I just, yeah. But he does live you know, he's very much like the no, live for the
0: moment. There's like nothing that, wrong with that no, attitude. As long as you can cope with it yeah. or you can, <laughs> yeah, it
1: you, can, you. you can And I do think an orange Lamborghini is pit pointless and quite tasteless, so
0: well, it's, it's not for me. I but think it's, of better things yeah. I'd buy.
1: And I think that was at the time when, also, because of getting door. out all the shit, we did have the bailiffs at the door for about yeah. three or four years. You got
0: any money there? No, you've got and a Lambo. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> they'd always
1: turn up. It would always be when she we were just about Lambo. to go off on holiday. And they'd turn up at the door and go, you know, oh, yeah. you've not paid your tax, we need. Yeah. And I think that was a l- real learning curve for us because. He'd never done any paperwork or well, anything. Well, think
0: all those things, they never get smaller and never go away. They all and he was very much bigger. like,
1: oh, they're never going to catch up with me. i drive a And once he realised that things do catch up with yeah. you...
0: But once you have children, car, unless he, you're going to live with a gypsy, you've got to stay Well, he somewhere. gave a
1: car. We had, when we were having work done on the house, he gave a car that he'd got to one of the workmen as a nice gesture because the workmen had been here doing loads of stuff. And the car, you know, he bought a new car... And then the guy got about a million parking tickets, which Russ then uh, had all these parking Russ was tickets. The paperwork. And he had the paperwork. And he then ended up having to pay for all these parking oh, tickets. Uh, so, you know, good deed, but yeah, naivety. Naivety. And I think he's, so he's learnt a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. But yeah. there's lots of things like that. So but, you've been here 10 years, so you're now, as I say, you full blown working machine. I was bigging you up some the other week, can't remember it was. The Sally Alley dye triptych, as I call it, yeah. You're the Die That's part of the triptych. very kind of you. No, no, because I always know, wherever yeah. you go, you're lugging your medieval snack trunk with you. <laughs> That's what I care about. Where's your snack trunk, dye? Hi, oh, yeah, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm always looking for the snack trunk. If there's no snack trunk, Central I'm worrying. Central
1: part of the day.
0: Well, no, it is, isn't. I know it sounds corny, but I always know, for me to work with you, you're totally reliable on all fronts where it's paint but basically food and nice social company apart and from no the small bad flat manners. Where the,
1: apart from the small flat, you couldn't get the flats up the stairs. But
0: I don't give a shit, though, because uh, for me, I'll do anything that you want, because I know ultimately it comes out in the wash at the end. You won't be worrying about, well, I've dovetailed. They'll just fucking hack in calf with a bread knife. You'll just, let's make it work, and that's no. the thing. Well, I, I, I will say
1: I'm pretty thick on the brain front, but, no, you're I'm, not. but I'm a good lateral thinker. Well, no, and that's weird. So I can get out of... <laughs> I can normally work my way round something, yeah. but...
0: Well, when I was busy having a heart attack in Babbage last year, you had, the I think, the decade's best trick, and I couldn't even see it. It was you doing, what the fuck are you doing? Don't worry, I'll just do this. I don't understand, you're going to tell the paper in half! And you did that. It was so oh, fucking yeah. clever. Uh, I can't even Richards. explain it. Yeah, But I'd have to show you the photograph, and I showed it to... We were in the shop the other week for Carpet right. I was showing maybe Angus and someone. I said, "See what you can. What do you think wrong with that picture?" And it was a, it was a big mural wallpaper of a very abstracty sort of yeah. seascape thing, of wavy lines. But they'd not sent enough paper, so then we, I papered it onto, a, or Andy papered it onto a hard white water. it had a very hard black top to the edge of the paper. Where you could see it met the white house water. That looks fucking awful. Oh, just, just tear a bit off it I like, what, what do you mean tear make it even worse it's a ragged but you edge. tore the ragged like top yeah. yeah and then paste it and tore the ragged edge you just couldn't even see it was so clever and that's what I know well, whatever happens you'll have the snack trunk that's, that's a good idea the
1: enjoyable bit about the what job is, yeah. because it's always it's always a problem isn't it with something it is, yeah, yeah. not you know not necessarily from the yeah. style team but there'll always be a problem with something or something's not right or the location owner or something but you can always
0: yeah, but also I always know that you I can always, wherever I go, whatever I do, I just know that you will have an answer or you'll provide something to make the answer or between us that's, we can make it without any enjoyable. bad manners or It's fucking lovely barking. working
1: with a nice team, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's the thing, but
0: it's realising it is a team thing. It's not you, you do that. It's, we all do everything, but I know, I know you don't realise it, but I realise it. You provide all of that as well as doing your job, and that's what you don't get paid enough for, with other people. Yeah, that's what makes it so easy.
1: Mm, but so it's, no, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Well, I, I really enjoy. You know, it's an addiction though because I just think, you know, you want to carry on doing that, and it's great when you've got a team like that. Oh yeah, right. That's, that's yeah. long. Say goodbye. You're good good cut guy? it to yeah. five yeah, seconds.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's all very boring. No, it's great. It's My great, life yeah. is very boring. Great. No, not at all. No, and I think that's what it you. Is. It's just uh, people's lives. It's, yeah. just, it's fascinating. It's fascinating.